All right, the Colorado Avalanche end 2022 on a down note. A tough game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They lose it 6-2, to two, so we will discuss that as well as now that we are in a new year, a new month, we'll talk about the January schedule for the Colorado Avalanche. In 2022, it was a very good January. Can we have that again? Maybe, if you look at some of these matchups. Another episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A happy new year to everybody out there in Locked On Avalanche land. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live uh did you make it to midnight actually i did really got about an hour away and i was like i'd rather get that extra hour of sleep than stay up because i uh, it's like the all-star game i don't <laughs> care about about new I, year it's not a big deal to me i got home from doing radio about 30 minutes before and i was like oh why not Let's might as well just stay up right and yeah. then stayed up the extra hour for alabama new year's so oh okay so you stayed up extra two. Wow. Impressive, sir. Impressive. In our old age, it's a little bit more difficult to do. I'm a lot older. Not a lot older than you. I'm, I'm older than you, but I won't put you in my demographic yet. Uh, all right, everyone. So, yeah, the Avalanche with the uh, six to two loss to Toronto. Uh, we'll get to the schedule a little bit later. And um, the game tonight against Vegas the last time they're wearing the reverse retros what's up with that so we'll talk about that maybe we'll see uh but yeah we're gonna start obviously with the toronto game tough they're 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 a good team you know what i mean and, and i don't want to put this all on uh the avalanche and you know a lot of it is that's a darn good team in the east and i know everybody wants to hang on like oh they've lost five or six years in a row in the first round and you know that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything it Sure, it means something, but come playoff time, that's a good team. You're going to have to deal with them. This is an avalanche show. We'll focus on the avalanche stuff. And it was, they fought back a couple times and and they were there just when you thought it was going to get really out of hand early on. They'd score a goal and they got one back in the first and then they got down again and they, they scored another goal to make it three to two. And they were so close. They had a really good chance uh, from Mulgan, who was had a really good look, and he sailed it wide. And then what happened maybe a minute and a half later, Toronto rattles, rattles off two goals. And, and that just seemed like, all right, that, that's the nail in the coffin. So overall thoughts on the game. It was one of those that you kind of wish Nathan McKinnon returned the game before. Felt like just he so we had still- like a little bit of... A little juice bit more, going. yeah. A little bit more juice. A little bit more time on the ice. It honestly felt. It's been. I mean, we're talking about 2023 being a new year. It's been forever since we've been able to talk about the Avalanche facing a superior opponent. It's true, and this is what it felt like. Um, the Avalanche. This is what it feels like when you are outclassed everywhere. Um, I mean, you go down mm. the stats. They they won everything. 
Yeah. And they played a cleaner game and the Avalanche just honestly couldn't keep up with it. And it's the first time we had to pull the goalie. That should tell you something with how the tables have turned on where the Avalanche have are sitting going into 2023. Um yeah, I mean you I mean you have Nathan McKinnon returning. You're at home, so obviously the crowd is going to and the first time he touched the puck, you just yeah. it was audibly heard like through the television like, "Oh, here he goes." Like it didn't really do much with it, but the crowd was just electric to to just finally have him back. But then it kind of settled into what we've been seeing with the Avalanche in these first periods. And they're just they're they just get out of the gate kind of slow. And you can't do that against any team. You can't do that against, like you said, man, a, a superior team. And they are right now. Toronto is. Toronto's one of the, the better teams in the entire NHL. So you're gonna have to be on your game. And if you have those mistakes, and I'm not saying the, the Morgan shot was a mistake. It's just a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. When you have those missed opportunities, look what Toronto did. And then yeah. Morgan went from could have been, I don't want to say a, a hero. He just could have been, uh, you know, uh, a guy who, who who had a big moment in tying this game, really a game the Avalanche had no business being in, but they're hanging around and anything's possible in an NHL game. Two seconds later, throwing a blind pass behind him, which turned into – an easy goal for for uh, the Maple Leafs, and it was Matthews who scored that goal. It was, he, he's going to score that a hundred times out of a hundred. And, and usually, Matthews against the Avalanche always ends up scoring off a turnover. Uh, you always he always mm. finds that way of getting that highlight goal off a turnover and really just doubling down on making you feel bad about that goal. <laughs> right. Um, you had. I always try to like. Uh, uh, we have that graphic that we put up for the lines um and and it goes up minutes before puck drop because you know that's when they're like released and the avalanche will release them um so i kind of like try to guess to where everybody is um and and i did not have alex newhook being the fourth line center to start this game and i i don't know what to make of well i do know what I, I should make out of it i don't know how much of a big deal i should make out of that because i mean what do you what do you have for uh time on ice let me check here he ended up having 14 minutes and 13 seconds of ice time now a lot of that i don't want to say a lot of it happened but maybe a good chunk of that is you know the game was relatively over so mm-hmm. you know you're you're kind of you're not gonna when it's Six to two, even five to two, six to two. Well, it was six to two. They got the, the six on the empty netter. But, you know, you're going to roll out lines maybe more consistently. You're just not going to put everything on your top line. You're, you're still going to put them out there. But you might be more inclined to roll out top lines when it's it's kind of this much out of hand. So maybe he soaked up a lot of minutes then. Um, but I was a little bit surprised to see him centering the fourth line. But at the other hand, I'm like, okay – now's your opportunity like you you should be easily the best guy on the ice um when 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 those lines are out there and i'm not putting anything on him i mean it was just uh, in totality it it was just a a tough game you know if you you really want to go through lines look at um rodriguez minus three mckinnon minus three rantanen minus three so it's not. I'm not, not trying to rag on, on Newhook. I, I'm just going back to the original point. Was surprised to see him centering the fourth line. I wasn't. And this is. Hold on, everybody. Do not start clacking away on your keyboards. 
with the new hook hating stuff. No, bang, no. Bang, bang, bang. I mean, it's it's basic math, like Sesame Street stuff here. Nathan <laughs> McKinnon, one C. Then you have honestly, performance wise, JT Comfer, two C. Sure. Then Erod, three C. Where else are you gonna go, New Hook? I mean, um, well, I don't think let me see. Let me bring it up real quick because I don't think Erod was the three C. I think he was Unless I have that wrong, let me see here. Um, mm, 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 mm. No, 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 yeah, because because Erod was on the wing with Comfer. They had Ben Myers as the three C. Again, the, the reason I point this out, it's performance. Even Ben, sure. ben Myers has looked, he has looked so much better than New Hook um, when it comes playing on those lines. That's pretty crazy. It's not. It, That's pretty crazy that that Alex New Hook, who, who was supposed to be. You maybe like kind of having this like coming out party for this season for him. Um, it can, cannot even take the three C away from a guy who's played a handful of games. And that's pretty crazy. During the losing streaks and everything that's been going on for the Avs, all we've been asking is for players to step up, and this is your time to shine. In the absence of players like Nathan McKinnon and Myers and Erod and JT, they have done that. Here recently, they have been stepping up and filling those roles, and Newhook has just still been just kind of fluid and still finding his way. And this is a year and a half of him finding his way. Yeah. Like, so it, it I'm not giving so, up. I mean, he's 21 yeah, years just, old. Like, you know, he, he's got a lot of growth still. And I know some people like want to get rid of him. Like, that's not the answer. You're, you're not going to get rid of him, number one, because he's not he's not playing up to his potential right now, so you're not going to get a lot in return. And what you get in return is probably not going to be what he could potentially become. And that's what it is right now. You have to deal with that stuff. He's 21. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon didn't come into his own until he was after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, and I'm not saying he's turning into Nathan McKinnon. I'm just saying guys take time to mature. They're not going to give up on him. Yeah, and it's not like they gave up on him. Like last year, they sent him down to the AHL to refine himself and to be prepared when he does make that jump. Like the fourth line doesn't mean it's doom and gloom. They were trying to roll out four good lines. Granted, he had 14 minutes, but you work your way up. Yeah, but a game like this, um, you know, we've been saying it for a long time and not using it as excuses or anything with, with the injuries, but a, a game like the injuries that they had or have are glaring, especially yep. on the defensive end with Ooh. guys like Manson out and even Bo Byram. So we'll, we'll take our first break. We hear from athletic greens and then we'll get into kind of more of these stats and Kyle alluded to it in the beginning. Georgiev got pulled. That was the first yank of uh, the season for the Avalanche. So uh, we'll talk about that. How much of it was was on him? But first, we have Athletic Greens. We haven't had Athletic Greens in around in a while. But there is that beautiful green coffee canister like container that holds that delicious Athletic Greens. Kyle's uh, modeling it for you now over on uh, YouTube. And what is it? It's one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens in your morning water, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, your aging, everything that is important to you. It, It smells 
glorious. I really love this stuff. And, and, it, and we always say all the time, it, it has that like yucky green, like like pureed grassy look, but the stuff is delicious. It's it really more is. fruity than... Uh, I put like... it in my coffee. <laughs> you do? Yeah? I do. They put it in your brownies too. That might be something that you want to do. There you go. Uh, Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and he ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, which cost him over $100 a day. This costs you less than $3 a day. And then you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your coffee and Dunkin' and Starbucks habit. It's cheaper than getting all of the different supplements yourself and you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance so right now is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that is it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network once again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. So getting back to the game against Toronto and uh, yeah, Alexander Georgiev was pulled in the second and it kind of just had to be done at that point. You're kind of just trying to do anything to to get the team going to rally around something. Jonas Johansson comes in, um, doesn't give up anything. I mean, like I said, the last goal that they got was the, the open net, so it doesn't really count against him. Um, but it, it didn't turn into anything for the Avalanche. Um, and I don't put all of this on on Georgiev, like you know, like the one goal that I said that Matthews had. Uh, nobody's going to stop that. He He's by himself. He's got all the ice in the world. It was on a bad turnover. Nobody's going to stop that. So th that's not on a, it, it, it's, it's just one of those games where um, it needed to happen. Didn't result in anything for the avalanche. Um, and maybe, you know, I, mean, I try to kind of look at, try to find positives and all this stuff. Maybe that's something like if you're, if you're a professional athlete and that happens to you, there's some embarrassment there even though it's not all on Georgiev. So I really look forward to, I'm assuming he's going to play against Vegas. Yeah. Um, I really look forward to how he's going to follow that up. How does an athlete follow up a performance where they, they don't play their best. And in this case, get pulled really speaks to the character of that player. So I'm really looking forward to see how he plays against Vegas. You know, it's funny that you you ended that with saying you're looking forward to seeing how he plays against Vegas. And how does an athlete come back from something like that? Well, we just got done talking about Alex Newhook at the fourth line center right. position. Yeah. Um, it's basically the same. Um on it and it's not all your uh Jorge's fault. You heard Bednar's comments the other day. Like the forwards aren't helping out on defense. And the defense is not playing their best defense. Kale McCarr included. Like, I know we like to throw it out. Like, Sammy G, let's chase him. Like, run him out of, run Denver. Him out of town. Kale yeah. hasn't played great. Taser hasn't played great. Um, it's not been a good defensive effort. And now we're making Josh Manson feel like Darren Helm with the anticipation of his return. Like, mm -hmm. 
it's it's not been a great effort. We have not been helping out the goalie. It's not all on him, but in that moment you pull up and guess what? Jojo didn't look bad. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna it, no, I don't I'm think... not gonna I'm not about to say, have we been sleeping on Jojo this whole no, time and let him no, have no, the one no. A? No. He he did what he was supposed to do. And I feel like it, the team kind of responded to that. You you saw a different tempo and tenor to the team and their play mm-hmm. when they pulled mm-hmm. uh, Yorgiev, where they kind of know, hey, we're really messing up here. We have to tighten up. And it's yeah. one of those you go back to the locker room and you just tell them, hey, this is on us. This was a this is us. This isn't a you thing. And then you oh, rectify sure. that against Vegas. Right. And, you know, when, when a goalie gets pulled, if it's anything other than like the first period, uh, you know, when a goalie has one of those <clears throat> those games where it's like he's giving up four goals on five shots and they pull yeah. him right out. Um, th- this was I mean, it, I think the second was almost done when uh, Georgiev got pulled. The reason for is, you know, they're just scoring left and right on him. Yeah. So the team, I'm not saying Toronto <clears throat> kind of lets their foot off the gas, but they don't need to press to to get, you know, just more goals in. So the, it's usually like the second goalie looks a little bit better just because the game has changed by then. They don't have to keep forcing the issue. And if they wanted to, they could have yeah. easily could have probably scored 10 goals in this game if they wanted to. And so, but but he but he came in and did what he was supposed to do though. Yes. Like he 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 kept it at five to give the Avalanche a a, a puncher's chance, uh, which you know obviously didn't happen. But he did what he was supposed to do. So good for him. Like I think that was five goals on twenty-one shots when he was finally pulled, and it wasn't necessarily like I'm pretty sure one of those things that if the team's not performing and helping you out, why am I going to let my only goalie I have right now with Pavel Francouz being hurt. Yeah. Why am I going to let him get shelled knowing I have Vegas coming up? It's a lost yeah. cost to this point. The forwards and the defense are not helping my goalie right now. I'm going to pull him, just say, hey, take the rest of the night, get ready for Vegas, and let them try and bail themselves out. It's it, it's a five out of 21 shots is a pedestrian goalie output, especially with how scoring is right now in the NHL. So it's yeah. it's not all on him. So let's let's not start the. Are we in trouble in net too? No, let's not, let's not go there. Yeah, yet. it's it's just by the time everything gets to him, um, it's gone through all of the levels, which yep. usually are solid for the Avalanche, and and they just they're not. It's I'm not going to sit here and say it. It's it's horrible and horrific. It's just not as good. It's it's not to the Avalanche level. Yeah. And and the Avalanche play this this game with their goalies like they mm-hmm. don't go after the the name the highly sought after goalie that can steal you those games. Georgiev has so far this year. He's looked good overall, but when when you you have a goalie who's not as established, you're gonna have games like this when everybody else in front of him is not at their normal level. And that's what's happening for the Avalanche right now. And you you mentioned Kale McCarr and and Taves. Like I, I think they're they're playing okay, but again, like they are not playing to defensively. Yeah. They're not playing to the level. I don't think you'll ever have a problem with Kale McCarr on uh, offensively. Yeah, he's always looking to to create offensively, um, and he's given it his best on on defense. He kind of mixed it up with Mitch Marner that one time. I thought they were going to go at it. But and Marner's not going to do that. 
especially when he's up. But that shows you the frustration right now. Like normally Kale McCarr would go check him. The puck kind of scooted out. McCarr would go follow the play. He hung back and kind of just kept giving Marner like elbows or however they were trying to mix it up. I don't think he was trying to force Marner to, to drop gloves, but I think it was just like, you're in front of me. I'm frustrated. The puck is nowhere near me. I'm still going to like give you a, you know, a once over. And that just kind of speaks to how things are going right now for the avalanche. Yeah. I just, I don't like for us to say the defense is bad and then talk about EJ and Sammy G until we're blue in the face. You mentioned in the first segment, Miko and Nate were minus three. Who's the defensive pairing for that line? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, things rotate, but you you got Taysom McCarr and McCarr was, was a minus two. So it's, we're not ruining Kale McCarr by saying, "Hey, you had a didn't have the greatest night," and there he has had moments where things haven't been great, and we know the defense can be better. We know everyone from the top down. It's a whole thing. It's not just an individual player. the The defense needs to step up. The offense needs to help out the defense. This is a whole team thing. This is not an individual player that you could sit here and harp. No. On. No. And, you know, like you're saying, a lot of people are jumping on that Gerard and EJ line or pairing. Um, I believe Eric Johnson led them in shots on goal. Nope. Which is not what you want to see. Don't want to hear it. Um, It's not really uh, how you want your, your, (laughs) you know, offensive production to go. But. You know, that that to me, it shows that, okay, like that that pairing knew the previous game, they were not good. So at least they're trying to to create a little bit more on the offensive end, which he's not known for. He's not known for his his offensive ability. Um, No, it's not one thing. I know people like to point to one thing when it comes to the avalanche and in particular the defense. And I'm not going there because it's not that it's not that. You you get rid of that one guy in Sam Gerrard, and all of a sudden, miraculously, everybody's better. Yep. No, does not work that way. So, um, all right, I want to get to just figure the where are we here? This just the stats for this game, and then we'll get into the schedule for uh, the Avalanche in January. So, uh, shots on goal, the Avalanche were right there it was thirty two twenty eight in favor of the Maple Leafs. Uh, faceoffs were a struggle again, fifty nine percent to forty one percent in favor of the Maple Leafs. The power plays, the Maple Leafs were one for four, but good Lord, did they look good on the power play. And that was killing the Avalanche. They were they, they had some momentum after the end of the first. They did. They got that goal back, and then that kind of carried them into the, the first intermission. They came out like, all right, we're only down one. And then I think it was Ben Myers who got a, a slashing penalty like seconds into the second, and that's the one they scored on. And that just crushes you, absolutely crushes you. That's the that's the last thing that they needed to have happen to start that second, and then you know they get the one back, but they just couldn't stay out of the out of the penalty box, and it hurt them. It hurt them immensely, um, and they were not getting calls on the other side. Nathan McKinnon got slashed, no call. Uh, there was a trip. They did call one trip, but there was another one that was in the corner. I think it was. I think it was Rodriguez or maybe Rodriguez was the one where they did call it. There was somebody else that got tripped and they didn't call that. 
I, this is not a ref thing. The Avalanche yeah. were not going to win that game, no matter what, if they got all of those calls that the refs missed. But uh, it's just two teams. I don't. I don't say there are two teams going in opposite directions. Um, but it's 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 one team who is is just on a, a highway, uh, going you know fifteen miles over the speed limit, and the other one is getting off every single exit. The the Avs could have been perfect on the power play and still lost by one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, let's get to the schedule for the Avalanche for the month of January. And uh, I know we like to do this and hang on. What happened last year can happen again this year because that's the way things go. Um, And the Avalanche January of 2022 was one of their best ever. Yeah. One loss, and that one loss was I'm still not over that because it was a bogus too many men on the ice on overtime against Nashville. Uh, which ended up losing them the game. So that was their only loss in January. Uh, you look at this month's schedule, it's a little bit more forgiving than December. December was was tough. December was basically a game every other day with the exception of the Christmas break. And I think they had uh, a two-day break early in the month too, if I'm not mistaken. For this, not only do you get a, a couple extra days off, which is always nice, but the opponent's I, I'm I'm going to sit here and say they're winnable, and people are going to be like, "Well, the Avalanche can't get out of their own way." I get that. Maybe you get some guys back this month. Gabe Landeskog, maybe later on in the month. Now, not going to be the middle of the month, we don't think. So maybe he's back at the end of the month. But you know, Manson could be back. Helm seems like he's right around the corner. So maybe you're going to be getting a more healthy roster <clears throat> as you go through this month of January. Um, so here we go. So you, you, you're you playing tonight at home against Vegas, and then you finish this week um, on the road. You're playing Vancouver, and then you're at Edmont. You're at, at Vancouver, then at Edmonton, and then you come home in week two. You're playing home against Florida, and then away against Chicago, and then at home against Ottawa. In the third week, that's your only week with four games. You're at home against Detroit, and then the next three are on the road against Calgary, Vancouver again, and then the very next day. So you got a back-to-back with Vancouver and then at Seattle. And then in the fourth week, all those games are at home, three games at home, Uh, Washington, Anaheim, and St. Louis. So there's some winnable games here this month for for the Avs. This this should be and could be a month where they kind of get back on track. If you look at this month with the game tonight – you have walk out of Ball Arena with a W. You can set the tone for the rest of the month. There, you have a lot of runway to prove yourself this month. There are no excuses for the rest of these games. Like Vancouver, that's a winnable game. Twice. Edmonton, Chicago. Like, yes, Edmonton's a winnable game, by the way. Like, I know Connor McDavid and all that, but that's a beatable team. They are. I just Detroit, don't like that it's in Edmonton. They they struggle in Edmonton, but there you run out of a lot of excuses. You don't have to have your Torontos come in, your Bostons, your like yes, Florida looks scary, but they no, have not been playing they're, they're scary playing lately. Well. Yeah. So there's not a lot of excuses for why things went wrong when it comes to the Avalanche and winning games. This is put it together, get back to what you do. And you could really start climbing the standings. There's a couple central opponents in here. You could really 
start making up some ground that you lost in the past two months? There's only a couple. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, St. Louis and Chicago. That's it for your division games. So um, that's tough. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you want a few more division games in there, especially when you're not in the position the Avalanche want to be in right now. But I'm looking at like the records quickly um, for most of these teams that they're playing. Where's Washington right now? Uh, okay, the Capitals, they're on a pretty good run, the Capitals mm-hmm. are. So the Capitals are over 500. Detroit is over 500. Um, Vegas is, let's see. So Vancouver's not. So that's one, two, three, four. St. Louis is exactly at 500 right now. So, you, I mean, what's in Florida? What is it? Uh, I'm trying to get Florida's record right now. But it's it's winnable teams. Like you lose the you lose the excuses of the quality opponents. Like right, and the potential Stanley Cup opponent. Like you don't have those games. You have winnable statement type games for the Avalanche on the road and at home. You could go steal one on the road, win one at home, carry, put some streaks together, yeah. and get right back in the thick of things. Yeah, that's what I, was, I don't know when I got. When I froze up, but uh, I was th- say, saying like half of these games, just real quickly looking at that, are, are against teams below 500. Mm-hmm. So it could be a good month. And you only have one back to back. I don't think the Avs, did the Avs have any back to backs in December? No, they haven't. So they haven't had back, and they had two, I think, in November. If I'm going back quickly, uh, no, just the one in November. So they haven't had a back-to-back in a while, um, and even they only have one back-to-back. But like I said, they have uh, there, there's a lot of time in January where they have two days off in a row, mm-hmm. so they should be rested. So a lot of these games, when they're playing them, they should be feeling pretty good, and they really shouldn't be ha- have these like tired legs. And normally, that's not something I would bring up, but the way that the Avalanche have been starting. It could be big. It could yep. be big for them to get that extra day. And because December was brutal, December was a grind. And January is a little bit more easier. So, you, you know, you'll welcome an extra day rest. Um, and who are you playing going into those extra days? Okay. So you have two days off after Vegas and you're playing Vancouver, two days off, and then you're playing Florida, two days off, then you're playing Washington, which will be a good one. So, um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to, you know, th- follow this team and feel like they are going to be all they got to do is is make the playoffs. That's where I'm at right now with the Avalanche. I am at the, the, the spot of how Tampa has been over the past couple of years. Doesn't matter if you're the president's trophy winner. Uh, doesn't doesn't matter if you're number one in your division. All that much kind of matters a little bit. Uh, but I think we're at the stage for the Avalanche just getting the playoffs healthy you have as much chance as you did last year. That's where I'm at. I can't hear you. So <laughs> I don't I don't know what, what happened to your mic, but you were you were nodding in agreement with me. So say something. I don't know. Let me see if it's if it, Nah, yeah, you're we're at the end anyway. So oh now now you came back. No, 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 you didn't. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Technical issues, thank God it happened at the end of the episode. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to discuss the Vegas 
Colorado matchup. Hopefully the Avalanche can get back in the win column. Uh, they definitely need two points bad. So he's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey, hey, hey. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.